to go, but there, there it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> do what we got to do to go live, ladies and gents. All right, so we got the real Jeff Smith the real on Jeff the Smith. show today. What does that mean? We're about to find out. Yeah. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. <laughs> there we go. No delay. Still a little bit it's awkward. Get in our way. Still a little bit off. Oh, I like that. No delay. Going to get in our way. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, James. Here we go. All right. Well, did you know that when you create a habit of daily exercise, you're more likely to develop other good habits such as keeping to a diet, not smoking, and drinking more water? According to the power of habit, that's truth. Today's guest is a fitness professional and exercise is his life. So you will want to get with him to start your good habit of exercise and let it flow into all of the other power areas of your life. You won't want to miss our guest today as he talks about how fitness and having a competitive edge changed his life. Joining us today from what has been praised as one of the best gyms in the Houston area from Canon Fitness and Performance, welcome to the show, Jeff Smith! The real Jeff Smith, ready to rock and roll. How you guys doing? Awesome, dude. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. We got the beautiful sunshine in San Diego, no humidity. What's it like out there in Houston? Sticky. Sticky. 100% humidity. Always. We got to throw in that zinger, man. We got to let you have it when you're not in California. (laughs) I mean, only when you're in Texas, you know. Yeah, biggest yeah, rival, yeah. biggest rival, biggest rival. <laughs> the the good country of Texas, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. We get beat up over here on the third coast. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. All right, Jeff, man. Let, let let's hear it, dude. How, you know, tell me a little bit about how you got into all this this whole uh, fitness space. Has it been something your whole life you've been growing up doing? Is it something? Uh, that you just kind of hopped into as a, as you got older? Like, what, what's the story here? Well, I mean, really, it just came naturally. Like, my progression is strange, but I ended up, I was in the military. I was in uh, special operations in the military. And before that, I was played college football and things like that. So I had been used to exercising and training at a high level with coaches um, for a long time. Then I actually went into financial services after I got out of the military and worked in the insurance industry for a long time for a fortune 500 company. And we moved to Houston. My wife and I moved to Houston in 2008. So she could do her PhD down here. And uh, that kind of brought us full circle into back into fitness. I was still participating in all kinds of adventure races and things like that on my own, but we weren't, you, we weren't doing fitness as a business at that point in time. But when we moved back down to Houston, I ended up getting back into an actual gym and uh, ended up starting coaching at a gym, just freelancing um, there for about two, three years. And that kind of brought back the passion a little bit. And then I was kind of sick of my 
nine to five job. And so I talked to my wife and I said, Hey, what do you think if we just open up a gym? And she said, whatever you want to do. Good. Sounds good. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. That was the easy pitch right there. Like the wife just like backed your play like 100% without ever, you know, having to, you know, well, we're going to do this. This is how we're going to fund it. This is my big dream. I know if I throw something like that at my wife, she's going to be like, really? You're doing something else right now? That's what you're going to do right now? <laughs> well, at the time, fortunately, we we didn't have too much on our plate. We do a lot more now. And so like, yeah, I got the green light pretty quickly. Um, at, at the time I had proven myself to be pretty reliable. So <laughs> um, she, she thought it was a decent idea. And uh, yeah, we just, we opened the gym in 2011. And uh, so at this point it's going on nine years old um, next month. So. Well, how's, how's the whole COVID thing hit you uh, personally with the gym? I mean, I know things are opening back up, uh, but you had to go through like, I mean, where your your world got flipped upside down. You have a business model where people need to be in a space, sweating, breathing, that sort of stuff. And then all of a sudden, you're told that you can't open your doors. What was that like? Yeah, that was – it was interesting because we actually – we sell coaching. So specifically, our, our coaches need to work with our clients either in a group setting or a one-on-one setting. And so when we were forced to close – um, two and a half months ago. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was interesting for sure. We didn't know what we were going to do. We met, we pivoted into, um, online training. And so we assigned buckets of clients to specific coaches. Those coaches work with them on a regular basis and checked in with them frequently. Uh, we had some support with regards to a workout app and things like that that kind of mitigated and really everyone was in the same situation. So they, they were dying for something to do and some guidance to like get out of their house. Um, so that was good for us, but I mean, we took a, a fairly large revenue hit for those couple months. Um, but fortunately we've been in business long enough and structured everything well. So, at, I mean, we were able to keep all of our staff employed and paid what they were making before we ended up having to close. And we've been open now about, three weeks on a limited basis with uh, obviously limited class sizes and things like that, limited people that can be in the building, but um, it, things are, things are picking up for us. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was All just right, another me, thing to deal with. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you about clients that come aboard, right? When you get somebody to uh, first of all, decide that they want to get physically in shape. And then secondly, to hire a specific coach, there's some sort of epiphany. So I gotta, I gotta ask about Houston. We have a problem. Oh, is that an apostrophe? I think you mean an epiphany. Lightning has just struck my brain. Well, that must hurt. So you, you, they have a problem in their normal day, right? Whether it's health related, whether it's, you know, it, it could be something extreme or they're, they're really overweight, they're diabetic, that sort of stuff. And they need to get into better shape. Get in my belly. Or, right. Or they're just trying to, you know, continue to have a, a you know, what, whatever their health status is to improve upon that. But they hired a coach. Like, what's that epiphany? Like, what's that, what's that mentality? Like, at what level do you decide that 
I need a mentor. I need help getting myself to a situation where I can have a habit that I, I internalize and it becomes part of my everyday. I think most of the people that are coming to us as clients have tried uh, certain things in the past that ended up not working, or they understand the value of hiring coaches, um, which I, I love that second group that does understand the value of hiring coaches to give you either speed or leverage and all the tools you need to be able to succeed. And really the market that we have with our group of people that are clients at our gym are they're, they're pretty hard charging business people that want to come in and have everything taken care of for them. Meaning they don't want to have to plan their workouts. They don't want to have to know what to do next or sets and reps or any sort of programming issues or anything like that. Cause I think we've all, even my, myself included with my background, I even, like we've all been in a gym at some point where we weren't motivated. We stood there for a half hour, maybe walked on the treadmill for 10 minutes and then just said, fuck it. And went, dude, home. that's me every and morning, <laughs> dude. My alarm goes off at four 30 in the morning. I don't want to get up. Right. And then yeah. I finally, I, I mean, I have my clothes right next to me, so I have no excuse. I get up, I put my clothes on, wash my face, brush my teeth, get ready. And then I walk outside and it's freaking cold, dude. Sometimes in the morning, I don't really feel like it. My bones kind of ache. I, you know, stretch out a little bit, you know, but, but having that mentor, that accountability partner, somebody there to say, this is what you got to do. Come on, let's go hop on it. Let's get moving. Let's get going. Like that helps me go to that next level. I'm part of a 5am club. I know by 5am, I'm going to be hearing people's voices talking about, you know, whatever the productivity is for that day, whatever we're going to be achieving for that day. Like that kind of helps me to, to move on to that next level. So when you're talking about having that structure, when they walk into a gym, they know it's laid out from, they know exactly what their reps are going to be. They're just in, out and on with life. They don't want to have to think about it. Yeah. And, and the other thing is time because our people, like I said, I mean, most of them are hard charging business people and, and time is valuable. Right. And so they know that they're going to be in and out in an hour or less. And they're, they're going to feel like they've done something significant as a, well, it's certainly more enjoyable than my average day. <laughs> as opposed to spending like two hours at the gym and leaving and not feeling like you know if you've done something or not so it, it really does save time and effort because you're going to get results faster letting someone else handle your programming and guide you through the the gaps in your game because most people don't need one more thing put on their plate on a daily basis Absolutely. You're, you're hundred percent right. Too many things. Uh, I mean, that's why, you know, you, you ever hear the acronym acronym of uh, focus, right? Follow one course until successful. Like when it comes to whatever it is that you're focusing on, whether it's business or your fitness, whatever it is, just focus on that thing. Well, today's going to be arms day. We're going to work out your arms in the best way possible. When you, when you're done, you should feel like you have noodle arms. Like you put them to, to the test, right? You literally make your muscles to the point where they fail. And then, you know, you recover, you get sore and you get better and you move on to the next thing. But that's how you're going to achieve the results. You try to get them to that, that point of failure, right? I mean, when we work out, we're trying to get to that point, not where we pass out or anything like that, but you know, really where you stress those muscles to their, to their limits. I'll tell you this in any fight, 
It's the guy who's willing to die who's going to win that itch. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's a good that's a good line. I love that part of the movie. Right, right. Al Pacino, yeah. I mean, you know, he just adds that little flavor to like everything. And oh, something that guy's not very big, but I'll tell you what, in almost any movie I've seen him in, like I do not want to face him. Him and like Joe Pesci, like I don't know, something about meeting those two guys. If they're upset, I don't care how big they are. I'm turning the other way. (laughs) Right, exactly, exactly. They've got a presence about them for sure. They do. All right, I got to ask you about about the business side of coaching and this whole gym space, right? Um, In any business, we go through our own struggles, our own ups and downs, uh, peaks and valleys. We're we're figuring it out as we go. So I want to know about your struggle and how real it is. What are some of the biggest struggles that you had to overcome and how did you overcome them? Well, I mean, the biggest struggles that I think I faced early on were I had never been in business in a service industry before. And so there was some learning curve there. Like I, I, I think I'm pretty good with people one-on-one, but then also dealing with, clients on a regular basis and then scaling that model to include additional employees and putting the structure into our business. I I mean, I made every mistake in the book in our first five years. There's no question. Um, Staffing was an issue. We had turnover. We we didn't have structure processes and procedures in place and things like that. So, I mean, I just got through it, made mistakes, learned, course corrected, went on and, uh, so, I mean, we, we've got a pretty good operation at this point, if I do say myself. I've had mentors forever, though. Like, that is one thing that I'm huge on. I'm, I'm definitely big on modeling and hiring my own coaches to guide me through the process because I believe that makes you faster and more agile. And you, you don't have to make all the same stupid mistakes. So, oh, 100%. With, so, you're a coach that's coachable. Right. I mean, that's that's a big a big thing about uh, being a mentor is also understanding that it doesn't matter what level you get to. There's always somebody above you who can help elevate your status, who can help you level up. And, and yeah. you know, you're you're in a position of power in the sense, you know, that you have a soapbox, essentially, like kind of like a teacher does kind of like a, a, any other coach in any other industry does but you're willing to learn what you don't know. You understand that there's areas in your business that, or just areas in your life in general that we can all need help with. You might be, you know, you might have a six pack, great pecs, great arms, nice ass, all that sort of stuff that you're great physically, but maybe your financial house is not in order, or maybe your relationship is not in order, or maybe, you know, these other aspects of life that we can always benefit from mentorship from. How did you choose the mentors that you chose? That's an awesome question. Um, the early on in in my early business careers, I chose business mentors specific to my industry. And so like what that did though, that that got me in the room with really bright minds in the industry, in the fitness industry. 
Um, so that put me around the people that I needed to be around to learn the lessons that I needed to learn, exposed me to the processes that I needed. Um, really I had a pretty good business going into about 2015 when I ended up meeting, uh, a mentor in the gym space, Chris Cooper, who owns uh, two brain business. Um, they do mentoring for micro gyms. And I actually worked through their program, worked myself out of my gym on a day-to-day -day basis using their systems and processes and implementing everything that they had. And that's actually what got me out of my gym. So you went um, from like having a self-employed company where, where, you know, you went on vacation, so did your paycheck to you developed, I'm assuming systems and processes where you're no longer, um, I guess I don't want to say relevant, but you're not needed in your day-to-day -day operations. You can step out and you know that the lights are still going to turn on, that people are going to be there, that they're going to be taken care of. And you can essentially walk away for a day or two, a week or whatever. And the business is going to do what it does, if not better than what it was doing before you left. A hundred percent. And I had always went in with the intention to build my business that way, Hernan. I didn't want to be trading dollars for hours. And oftentimes in the fitness industry, especially people are guilty of doing that. So I had went in with the intention of being able to eventually work myself out of that business to where like I was the president of the company and it ran underneath me with managers and people that took care of things for us. Dude, speaking of, you know, paying some bills. Ladies and gents, real quick, I got to remind you guys, Dr. Rob Garcia owns a magazine called Shift Magazine. You guys uh, got to check it out. I'm going to run their little promo clip right here. He's offering 20% off. So if you need to get on a cover, you need uh, some extra promotion, he goes the extra mile. Check it out. Boom. All right. I mean, you got to, got to pay some bills every once in a while. Right. Uh, what, what is, uh, I know, I know not everybody's a fan of rush, but I really like a line, a line. He says, uh, an obscene profit break. <laughs> <laughs> so I, exactly. I got to steal that one. All right. No, uh, no, no, we got to do what we got to do. So exactly. it, it, you said you started in 2000, uh, what year was it? 2005? 2011. 2011. So you got yep. five years into that before you finally created a system where you could automate and, and walk away? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, it took me probably six years to be able to actually walk away. Like I was, things were improving. My first three years were like a disaster. I mean, I was working through all, all the issues that you have as a new business owner and winging it and but I also like I had that frame of mind, that vision that like I had to put the infrastructure in place to allow me the freedom to spend time with my family and mm. take care of all the things that are important to me. I didn't want to be the face of the franchise. I didn't want to be the person on our advertising. I didn't want it. I didn't want people coming there to for me to coach them. And so like that's a, that's what a lot of people fall into. Unfortunately, hundred percent. But you know what though? When when we're in it, 
when we're first starting out, when we're when we're getting all that stuff together, when you're wearing every single hat and you're working that, you know, 5 a.m. to 9 p.m. schedule, not 9 to 5, the other way around, right? 5 a.m. Right. to 9 p.m. schedule. Um, you don't always, you always think, you know, I'm reading this book called The Pumpkin Plan. And in that book, he's talking about how you don't really uh, understand where you're at. You keep thinking that if I just get that one more client, if I land that one big account, like everything's going to be good until you, until you have a mentor, like, like you, you, like you've gotten into, or somebody that comes along and tells you, dude, you need, you know, you're, you're in this box and some of the solutions are right here, right outside this box. And if you implement something a little bit different, it can change your whole life. You don't actually understand the time that you're missing with your spouse or with your, mm -hmm. you know, your kids until you finally put it in, in, into play and you realize that your 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 self-employed business wasn't your top priority. It was an income generation tool and you need to treat it as such. You need to treat it as, you know, this is where my income comes in. This is where I need to shift my time to focus on that that gen that income generation. And and now I have all this extra time. What was it like getting to that point where you were like where you could see that difference? Maybe you hadn't gotten all that extra time, but you could clearly see a path that if I followed this, I was gonna get all this extra time back in my life. Well, I mean, I think on a high level, I knew, I knew the pieces, I, like I said, I mean, I came from the corporate world. So like structure and design and process makes sense to me. And so I knew where we were lacking and then it was a matter of leadership and follow through and accountability. And, and so we needed the right people in the right places to be able to follow through and do the accountability piece. Because like I, I, that's where I would fall short most of the time. Like I would tell you a direction, and I have a vision, and I know where we're going. And like, if you just will go do it, like we'll be successful. But I would not circle back and say, "Hey, Hernan, did you do that? And mm. did we in fact get that done?" Which plants seeds in your employees' mind that a, I don't care, or b, it wasn't important in the first place. And neither are true. And so like that was one of my issues it was was follow follow up with my employees for sure. We're definitely going to talk about this a little bit more. I want to know more about this whole follow up thing and the mentality behind it, because I've had very much the same similar issues um, and thought process. And I kind of want to see if we jive there. But for real quick, we're going to take a, a hams insurance. Dope, I messed up again, but that's okay. I'm going to copy and paste it right here, right now, and it's going to get edited out later on, right? <laughs> that's, that's how it works, right? That's how it works. We don't that's do okay. any editing around here. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, Ham's insurance tip of the day. Homeowner's insurance and your mortgage. Did you know that your homeowner's insurance can affect your mortgage payment? Yeah, buddy. Your mortgage uh, your mortgage payment includes PITI, right? Principal, interest, taxes, and insurance. So yeah, that last bit, insurance. Since homeowner's insurance is often impounded into a mortgage, it affects your overall monthly payment. That's why we like to partner with lenders because an innovative value add for your refinancing customers is to take a look at 
and review their homeowner's policy. As an added benefit, if you're a lender with an insurance license, you can get paid year after year every time the policy renews as long as you maintain your insurance license. The best part about this whole deal is that you don't have to do any of the work. Want to know more? Of course you do. That is Ham's Insurance Tip of the Day. Follow me and hit me up at uh, on Twitter at Business Bros Ham. At Insurance Bro Ham. Where am I? Where am I today? At Insurance Bro Ham. All right, dude. So bills, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. So just the recap. I just, I just noticed I spelled my name wrong as Jeff Smith. How hard is that? Oh that man, funny. it's I all right. I didn't even notice that until right now. That is You're funny. dyslexic today. I'm tongue twisted, you know. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. Hey, you know what? It, when, when we make mistakes, the at least I hope you're in short. <laughs> I hope you're in short. I love that. I hope you're sure we'll make some We all make mistakes, man. We all make mistakes. Hey, Hernan, I was going to tell you the book you said you're reading Pumpkin Plan. That's yeah. Mike McCallowitz's book. I have a phone call with him tomorrow morning actually. No what? way. Yeah. Hey, would you would you do me an awesome favor and see if he would be a guest on my podcast? I'll pick a I'll pick a anytime he wants and I'll, I'll see if I can get him on the show. Yeah, for sure. I'll see what he can do. Um that never mind. I, I don't want to take you off topic. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's 30 minutes of whatever we want. It's the beauty of having your own show. You took a little pivot, but that was a damn good pivot. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I run. I, I now run a uh, higher level mastermind group for that two brain business, the mentoring company I was telling you about, and um, mm-hmm. the, he's he's coming on to be a guest for that mastermind, which is why I'm speaking with him tomorrow. So that is super awesome. And uh, you know, I always tell people the the power of having your own podcast, right? For me, it's always been um, I'm able to connect with new people every single day. Like there, you know, you hear that whole six degrees of separation. Well, if you actually talk to new people on a regular basis, those degrees shrink real fast and you can connect with people you would never have thought even possible. So, you know, the fact that I know Jeff Smith, right. (laughs) (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> he, might connect, he might connect me with Michael. It's and, Smitty, and man. It's Smitty. Smitty, go. Smitty, Smitty. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. But that would be awesome. I, I'd love to to you know pick his brain a little bit more about about stuff. I, I mean, he also wrote the um, the it's the toilet paper book too, toilet right? Entrepreneur, yeah. Toilet and paper entrepreneur. Profit first is the one I recommend. It's it's fantastic. I'm, I like his style. Um, just the intro of his book, first of all, is is amazing because the what he's describing at the beginning of the book is himself when he was getting started as an entrepreneur. The things he was thinking, the things he was doing, and whenever you're in, in a business and you're trying to really identify that ideal customer, it's often the guy that looks at you in the mirror. Like that's yeah. usually the case. And if you can really break down and just be 100% honest with yourself, every single thought you have during the day, the way you feel about a certain situation, whatever it is, you can label that out and you're going to realize real quick that even though you're ashamed of those things, chances are there's so many other people out there that think and feel the same way you do. And those are the people you want to connect with anyways. Yeah. hundred percent. Brutal honesty so, is the best way to live. 
Dude, it totally is. All right, yeah. I want to do uh, two truths and a lie with you because I figure I've known you for a whole whopping almost 28 minutes now, and I want to see if we can identify that. So, All right, so we got uh, two truths and a lie. So James and I are going to hop back in here. You're going to tell me two truths and a lie. James and I, based on our discussion, are going to see if we can figure out which one of them is a lie. You ready? Yeah. Shoot. Go for it. <laughs> he's like, no. <laughs> Why did you throw me on the spot like this? That's what he's saying right now. And just so seat, you know, I'm man. just kind of giving you a little seat. bit of time to think about it and, you know, dragging the, the <laughs> thing on to give you some time. So it's cool. It's cool. I'm, I'm just terrible at lying. So now I have to figure that part out. So. <laughs> you can do an exaggerated truth. I'll tell you. I'll, 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 I'll give you one. Hernan is handsome. There you go. <laughs> Damn. Damn. How dare you tell our audience the truth? Uh, <laughs> that's one of the truths. Okay. Okay. All right. Do I name go all three it. right off the bat? and then you Right off the bat. One? Just give us three things. Yep. Here we go. Here okay. we go. I own an RV. I lived in California for five years. And... I just bought a puppy. Ooh, dang. These are little toughy ones because we didn't talk about anything like this during the show. I didn't know if he was traveling or not. You know what? Um, I'm, let's see. Owns an well, RV. He moved, he moved to Texas or he lives in Texas. And so Ooh. many people leave Left California, California to go to Texas. <laughs> and he was a little specific about the five years. So I'm going to say that one's the truth. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. I'll give now you that it's one. between the puppy Owns an and RV. the RV. I'm going to go with the RV as a truth. Uh, or it could be the puppy. It could be the puppy. I, I'm thinking the RV of truth because, dude, it gets hot in Texas. You got to get up and go somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, you just got to go <laughs> on vacation somewhere. Uh, and he did talk about the coast. So maybe, you know, take the RV down to the coast a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to say you're so busy, you don't have time for a puppy. Hey now. <laughs> um I love my I love my dog, but she's a lazy bum. She's just laying down right here next to me right now. Um and I haven't heard a puppy yet. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm gonna say the puppy's the lie. All right. No, California is the lie. Whoa! <laughs> we were born and raised Texas. No. I didn't think you had it in you. <laughs> you got us. I was born in Illinois and raised in Illinois, actually. Uh, right. Yeah, we've, we've been in Texas for 12 years. But uh, no, I did. RV and puppy are true, too. We don't have people, what, what, kind of, what kind of puppies you get? Uh, a Bovier. A Bovier. They're like, hmm. they're like giant bears. So, all right, all right. I love so it. my kids and the wife are trying to get me to get a puppy, right? And I keep mm -hmm. telling them I don't want a puppy. And the, the only reason why I don't is because it's their puppy and it becomes my dog. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I want to put in, you know, a 10, 15 year commitment. Like that's a long term right. commitment to be putting in. So I, I don't I don't know. You know, kudos to you on, on the whole dog thing. James, James got His Katie. That's, that's my niece. Amazing. Oh, you can pop them on the screen. We've got four kids, seven and under. 
as wow. well. So we, we've got a full house going. Dude, that's a lot, man. That's a lot. All right, I did want to ask you. James is going to pop up the Povey. Oh, that's the dog. Yep. Woo-wee. Looks awesome, That dog's huh? going to sweat in Texas. I know dogs don't sweat, but that, looks, <laughs> that dog looks like it's going to sweat. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'm down with it. I dig it. I always tend to pick the ugliest looking dog. I don't know why. It's just, I just, I, I, I pick them. I'm like, ooh, this dog looks awesome. I, I think of like these old English dogs that have like grangly, ugly looking hair. I'm like, that dog's awesome. And the kids look at me like, <laughs> we're not getting that dog. <laughs> we, we usually only get rescues. So we've, we've had two dogs. Our, our last two dogs, our last dog was put down last year. And so like, mm. and they were 16 and 15. So wow. we've, we've been longtime dog owners. And so my son, who is three years old, we do a game called Peach and Pit, which Peach is the best thing of your day. Pit's the worst thing of your day nice. at dinner. And his pit for no shit a year, every single day, has been his, his dog Louie died. Oh, <laughs> you had day. a <laughs> it's sad to say it, but you had to replace Louie. You had to you had to bring in some new memories so that they can kind of help mend the old ones. Absolutely, absolutely. So we're we're definitely looking forward to it. But all right, Jeff. We, hey, awesome. man. I I did wanna I did wanna come back and ask you that question, that mindset question. What what how you felt about connecting with, uh, you know, that struggle that that um, was it the struggle question I wanted to ask you. I think I asked you this, the struggle question, but anyways, I want to know what it was like getting through, um, that whole mindset shift when you have to deal with, with, um, customers and follow-ups and, and, you know, like I'll, I'll give you an example. So for me, I, in business, I've always had the follow-up problem. I've, I don't think I've ever really had a lead generation problem, even to this day, right? The fact that I'm able to connect with a bunch of people on the podcast, um, the only reason why I would struggle with anything today would be the same exact reason is the follow-up. And yeah. sometimes it's like, I'm too busy in my day. I don't make time for it maybe in my day. Um, and then sometimes I'm like, they're probably busy, you know, and, and I, as I gotten older and as I got more experience in business, I just make that time. I make those calls. I go and make those DMS and I put aside all those feelings. But what was it like for you? What were you thinking? Or, or if you can think back, what was the reason why you didn't follow up or you weren't making that second third, fourth, seventh, eighth effort <laughs> to follow up with some of these clients. Well, well, I think we're talking about two different things. My follow-up, my lack of follow-up was internally with my staff. Mm. And, and so like, that's the difference. I was, I was always following up with leads, like lead. I mean, leads were money and, and like, that was clear transactional. You could make it competitive. It's very like, it, like that feeds me. I I'm very natural in that space. So that, that wasn't an issue for me where I really dropped the ball as a business owner over and over was on the follow-up with my staff and to make them feel like what they were doing is important and necessary. And that I was going to follow up to check that things were done. And I knew that that was like the downfall of why I kept cycling through my business. And that's basically what I was doing. 
I kept cycling into these roles and then I was like almost out about to live my dream life and then back in almost out. Same thing over and over and over again. And so, so when, when you find, that, I'm sorry, go ahead. Is that like a, where you had to like kind of become like that a-hole boss or was it more like I said I was going to no. do something and then I'm checking to see if it got done? Opposite. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like for me now, I knew I had to put uh, a different personality in place. Like that's just not who I am. Like, and, and the thing that I missed for years, which is interesting is like, when I tell people to do things, like it doesn't even compute in my mind that like that thing wouldn't get done or accomplished. Like, because mm -hmm. that just doesn't happen in my world. And like, so if I have all these things to do, like I do every fucking one of them, everyone. And like, so it, there was a disconnect between the way I work and the way like everyone else works. And, <laughs> and I'm not you realize I'm that you cared about your business. Yeah. You cared about your business more than your employees cared about your business. And, and yeah. And, but maybe it was in, in what I found over time, it was probably a gap for them understanding that I cared about them. And like, so when you mm -hmm. talk about being an a-hole boss, it, no, like, like I'm in a position now in that fitness business that I only talk about personal things with my staff. Like I don't handle any of the business stuff. There's other people doing, Hey, Monday, you need to do this Tuesday. You need to do this. This all needs to be done. And Friday, we're going to check everything. And is it getting done? And like, and, and that's what I needed. I needed that other layer in between me because structure and like accountability is not my my strength yeah i i feel you that is not my account i'm i'm very much get a dog that's my son <laughs> uh, love it james james is very much the systems guy i'm i'm very much the i i tend to shift directions on him and he'll look at me a little crazy like dude really like we're all, i already structured this in place you want to go in a different direction uh, and, and that, that has always been my, my weakness, but as a team, we're kind of, we've been able to kind of check and balance each other and, and work that stuff out. So it's been a, yeah. it's been a good ride to have somebody like that, uh, to help out have in you, that sense. Have you read traction by Gino Wickman? I have not. Yeah. That's a traction. good one for you because like what you need, like in, in our situation, like I'm a visionary and, and you sound like you may be as well. Like what you need and what we need is an integrator. The integrator is the executor and the follow-up guy, the accountability guy. Hmm. I'm going to have to check that it's out. A, Traction. Yep. Traction. All right. I'm yep. a, we're coming to this final step. I want to know a little bit about what you thought of the show. Like everything else, we get better with uh, critiques, criticisms, and uh, advice, tips, whatever you want from anybody else out there who's watching, anybody else who had the experience to be on the show. So, Don't put them on the spot again. Jeff, we just want your honest feedback. How was your time with the it. business bros? <laughs> yeah, what I was your time it. like with the business bros? Well, I, I've got two other businesses, so like we could talk about those. I expect to come back on. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Nice. I like it. I, you ever I been on any other podcast before? 
Uh, yeah, a couple, a couple. I've done, I've done a handful of podcasts for Two Brain Business, which is that gym mentoring business that I was talking about, and then I've done a podcast just last week with uh, um, a group called Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Brotherhood of Fatherhood. That's yes. cool. I mean, that that's dads talking about what it's like to be dads, right? Right. Yeah. And, and be good dads and solid dads and balancing everything. So yeah, it's a, it was a cool, cool podcast. Content, sure. content, content. How'd you like our, our little video clips? What was that like? Too uh, interrupting? Yeah, all right, cool, no, cool. no, not interrupting at all. I like your guys's energy that you bring to it. It's good. We, we try, man. We try. It's a little, a little, I don't know. It just, it's funner that way. If you have a little more energy, right? Plus, it helps that we're almost at 500 episodes, so we got a little bit better at it. Oh, well, it also, it, it also gives you guys like a brand that you can like hang on to. Like you're not just every other podcast where we're just back here talking back and forth. Like you guys bring flair that's a little different that sticks in people's mind. That's the whole point, right? We want to get better and better. Jeff, thank you very much for being on the show. James, give a little segment of the countdown to 500. Here we go. Boom. We're getting Three closer, ladies and gents. Three, Three more. <laughs> Jeff, man, thank you very much for spending time with us on the show, uh, sharing all those, you know, the ups and downs, stuff that you struggle with and how you overcame it. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, man. I, I would like I said, I would love to come back on and talk about my other businesses as well. Like I think they interest you guys, especially hey, based yeah. on everything you said. Like I, I run a I run a, a consulting business that I do for business owners that I help them make more money and have more time. And it it speaks to all the things you were talking about with like fitness relationships, uh, wealth, um, all those different areas. We check all those boxes and uh then I do I do real estate investing as well. We've got 39 properties that we own. Dude, it sounds to me, Ham, like we just got a second date. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So for right now, I guess we'll uh we were on a break. Take a break. But we'll take a break, <laughs> right? But we'll we'll schedule another time because that definitely does sound interesting. I mean, that's right up right up my alley is stuff I love to talk about. Uh, you know, and, and I think anything that we can do to bring out uh, tips, practical, tactical strategies to help people, you know, succeed in their business. I think that's, that's the value that we'd love to bring. So yeah, let's man. definitely set that up. I would love it. I would love it. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got for you guys today. We'll see you again. Manana. Peace. Bye-bye. Thanks for out. having me guys. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation. Or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.